the Happy Afloat podcast, tales of family adventures at sea. Hello and welcome. I am Jason, skipper of Happy Afloat. Meet my sickly crew. Leon. Hello. Conrad. Ahoy there, shipmates. And my lovely wife, Sarah. Hello. Shouldn't you say my croaky wife, Sarah? And my croaky wife, Sarah. Hello. If you are new to the podcast, then welcome. I don't start here. You can if you want to, but. This is part 14 of our summer adventure, and you will have missed some good episodes. If you want to follow this sailing adventure from the beginning, hit the rewind button and start at episode 13, which is part one of the story. If you want to know how to prepare for an extended adventure, start at the very beginning. For old hands, settle down. And we'll begin. In this episode... We continue exploring more of the Outer Hebrides. More tales from our summer adventure. Okay, where had we got to? Enjoying the views of Loch Finns Bay after the unsuccessful chocolate shop hunt. But Mum was getting twitchy. Sarah, what was the cause of your anxiety? I seem to remember it was something to do with being on a boat with three smelly men. Laundry, of course. I am not smelly. Mm. Mum convinced us to move before our dirty clothes evolved. And made their own way to the laundry facilities at the Isle of Harris Marina. The Isle of Harris Marina at Tarbot was earmarked as the next destination. The weather was fair, but in what is becoming a reoccurring theme, there was no wind. We motored until... There were some big splashes in the water. Finally, some dolphins to entertain us. But these weren't just your regular offering of cetaceans. Indeed not. They were the less commonly seen Risso's dolphins. And we counted five of them. OK, Conrad, give us your Risso dolphin facts. Risso dolphins have a flat head and numerous white scars from fights with squid, which is their prey, along with a curved black dorsal fin. They can be seen all year round and can grow up to a whopping 3.8 metres. However, you cannot find them in polar waters, although they are widely distributed everywhere else. 
One of the main threats to them is marine litter, also known as all the plastic bags in the water. So we go. I've got even more. I've got 12 paragraphs. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> I was just going to say, have, have they, the Risso's dolphins, are they the ones that have got like a sort of slightly box-shaped head? Yes. Right. A flat curved head. Obviously, we logged our sighting on the HWDT app. HWDT app? Yeah. Hebridean Wayland Dolphin Trust. Oh, of course, of course. Feeling happy after our sightings, we continued along the slightly barren-looking coast. There is a distinct lack of trees. Working our way into the South Harbour at East Loch Tarbet. The crew wanted one last night on the hook before laundry day. You mean laundry days? The Isle of Harris Marina has a very similar setup to Loch Maddy Marina. It's a collection of pontoons right next to a busy ferry terminal. The big difference for this trip was that Harris Marina had staff. And everything was working. Hot showers and decent laundry facilities. As in the sort that wash and actually dry the clothes. Helpful and friendly staff. Most importantly, absolutely excellent value for money. Okay then, let's do this properly. Harris Marina Review Time. Come on Sarah, guess the breakdown the costs. So it was £24 for one night, including power. Excellent. Which is literally excellent, isn't it? What's that, £2 a metre? It's fantastic. Okay, how much was your laundry? Um, my laundry? Yeah, well, that was £12. How many loads? Probably about three loads, I would have thought. Yeah, wash and dry probably is about £4. I seem to remember it was very good. But it all came out clean and dry, so that was the, the most important thing. You can't put a price on clean and dry laundry. Well, clearly you can. It's um, £12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really good Valley Marina, wasn't it? If a little bit noisy and busy because it's next to a ferry terminal. Small price to pay. Now, Leon, you managed to score a free Isle of Harris Marina beanie. How did you manage to do that? I can't remember too well, but I think above me, standing next to the edge of the pontoon, the hardmaster came down and like, I saved you. She came down the pontoon and when you weren't looking, he's grabbed your arms and said, I saved you. Yes. And you were so shocked and frightened that she felt so guilty you got a free hat out of it. Yes. Excellent. Excellent work there. Right, okay. Now, right across the road from the marina is the Harris Distillery. It's a newer distillery with a very large visitor centre and a thriving trade in tours of the facility. Although we didn't take the tour. If you have seen one distillery, you've seen them all. All right, Conrad, how many distilleries have you seen? At least one. Which one? Jura. Oh, that's right, yeah. All right, now, Sarah, what is the major issue with the Harris Distillery? Ooh. (laughs) 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 They haven't got any whiskey available for sale yet. At last. I thought you'd never get No, I was trying to remember. No, but they, they had... Plenty of gin. Oh, hold on. Why haven't they got any whiskey? Because it's still maturing, isn't it? The head distiller keeps, no, he tastes it and it's not ready yet. Yeah. And it's, when we ask them, when will it be ready, it's a case of, well, how long's a piece of string? Because yeah. until the head distiller is happy with the flavour, it could be sat in the barrels forever. What a great job. Did well, I don't know. That? I guess there's quite a lot of pressure from the young people that's invested in the distillery to actually um, to, yeah. sell some of this stuff. Reap the benefits. Yeah, so it was a bit disappointing from that point of view. There's no 
whisky tastings. So Sarah and I left the boys gaming on the boat and had a little gin tasting session. Before purchasing some expensive Harris gin in a very fancy bottle. Topping up our food supplies in the local stores. Was an experience of rummaging through vegetables that had seen better days. There's only a couple of small independent shops selling groceries in Tarbot, so choice was limited. Keeping up with the foodie theme. And our quest to discover the best fish and chips of our summer adventure. We called by the Island Bites food wagon for a cheeky takeaway. How do we rate these fish and chips? I think the chips were right, but the fish was, um, well, the fish was haddock. Nowhere else in the country was seen to be selling cod. I think they were very average. Yeah, well, it was never going to be amazing out of a food wagon, mm. but it was all right. It did the job, didn't it? Yeah. Maximising our time being plugged into shore power. And the decent Wi-Fi. We treated ourselves to unlimited TV and caught up on our YouTube favourites. What were you watching that summer? YouTube-wise, I can't remember. I remember what we did as more or less just family TV. Well, fill us in. Lost in Space. Oh, that's I right. I downloaded all of season two for us to watch. That's right, Lost in Space. Oh, that's good. Obviously, no trip to the Isle of Harris would be complete without a visit to a Harris tweed shop. Followed by an obligatory purchase, of course. Yeah, what did you buy, Conrad? Mm, nothing. Oh, okay. Leon, what did you get? Nothing. Oh, Sarah, what did you buy? I didn't buy anything either. And so it was just down to me to support yeah. the whole of the um, Harris economy. Yeah, but I, I've regretted not buying anything ever since we left the island. And with the laundry done, our whirlwind visit to the world. Hold on, hold on. We haven't talked about the hat that I bought. (laughs) You got a hat? Yeah. Anyway, with the laundry done, our whirlwind visit to the wonderful Harris Marina was over. We headed a couple of miles up the lock on a warm and sunny day. To anchor in the bay at Erga. Are you confident with that pronunciation? No. I have noted that it's always me that gets all the unpronounceables. I think you do pronounce it Elga. Thank you, Leon. I'll I'll go with your moral support here. We had the angry law to ourselves. Except the seals and their cubs. And I could have sat there for hours watching them all. You You did. did. (laughs) It was pretty much the perfect anchorage. Wonderful views. Amazing wildlife. And the phone mask providing us with excellent 4G access. So, while Mum was watching the wildlife, We did some online lessons. Making the most of the summer weather, the newly purchased bottle of Harris Gin was cracked open. And the sundowners were accompanied by a spot of fishing. Actually, we haven't done a review on what we thought of the Harris Gin. Tasty. It was was very nice. I wouldn't have said it was... 40 quid a Yeah, value for money. Bottle was very fancy. Yes, the bottle was very fancy. One large mackerel was unfortunately swimming in the wrong place at the wrong time. But was delicious once barbecued. More settled weather was on the forecast, which was very good news. Well, not good news for our sailing to motoring ratio. But good news if you want to visit the Shant Islands. Okay, do you know the translation of Shant? Yes, it means... The Enchanted Isles. 
the Shunt Islands are quite prominent in the area of a sea known as the Minch, just off the coast of the Isle of Lewis. The islands are one of the most important breeding colonies for seabirds in Europe. Around 10% of UK puffins and 7% of UK razorbills breed here every single year. The anchorages at the Shant Islands are a little exposed, so calm weather was a plus. From Erga to Shant was about 17 nautical miles. Why do I get all the tricky ones? <laughs> but first we had to squeeze through the gap between the islands of Scalpe and Harris and under the Scalpe Bridge. I hate going under bridges. In Why? fact, Scalpe kind of sounds like quite apt for going under the bridge because it's like it's going to scalp your mast. <laughs> Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's exactly why I hate going under bridges. <laughs> it always looks like you're going to hit the mast. Even when the bridge is multiple times higher than the mast? Yep, because from sea level, it always looks like it's going to hit. However, this bridge is not multiple times higher than a mast, and the clearance over the water is just 19 metres. Right, guys, you can see a bridge. Ah, let's have a look. Yes, that's definitely a bridge. Yep. Uh, what's the clearance under the bridge? Let's see. I'll go and navigate the chart. Yeah, I can see a bridge. No way to The bridge has a 19 metres clearance. How tall is our mast? Um, 17.05. How tall are the aerials on top of the mast? I don't know. You can only afford... Are we going through at high or low water? Let's check the tide clock. Uh, low. Low? It's What's just... the range? It's low water in 25 minutes and we've got a range of 4 metres. So we should have an extra... Is it a range of 4 metres? Yeah. So we should have an extra 4 metres there. On top of the um, 19, is that what you're saying? What do we have an extra four? Because 19 is usually the worst case scenario. That's what the, that's what the um, clearance would be at the, um, the average spring height. Oh, so we should have about an extra four, yes. Hopefully. Yeah. If you haven't done your calculations incorrect, otherwise we'd be losing the top of our mast and it'll come out of your pocket money. I don't have any money. Also, this shows what to do if you have a dis dismasting. Does it? Yes. Oh, you do? Better give that to Conrad. It has structural damage in here. It has a broken bell propeller, steering problems, broken foresail, backstay, and, and something on the shroud spreaders. Can you get your life jacket on, Leon, just in case we do lose the rig at this bridge? You can go through it slowly. I was going to hide downstairs when we go to the bridge because I don't like it. Four don't... minutes to go. Four minutes until it impacts. I don't like bridge. Aren't you going to either, take either... a video of our aerial being taken away? I, I, even when we were in Sweden, we went under the bridge, which was like loads of clearance. I was still terrified. Yeah, the VHF reception maybe get a lot worse in a few minutes. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Well, I don't like heights when I'm that... above them and I don't like them when I'm below them. No, I'm going to hide down. You can give your mum a hug and look after her. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. See, 
Well, we've already agreed that Conrad will be responsible if we lose the mast and he's going to pay for it out of his um, Christmas money. No, I never agree. I'm scared. I'm cowering in the corner with the lead. I'm assuming um, that red and the green marked on the bridge means we go through the middle of those and not through the actual central span. Probably, because also the rocks are that side, more rocky that side, isn't it? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of rocks. On that side. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. Comrade, can you go to the top of the mast and tell if we're going to clear it? Just stick your head above it and see if we're in line or if it's way above us. Um, no, thanks. <laughs> Jason's being very smug whilst I'm terrified. I did watch a video of a boat going through here last night, and that was a Vancouver 38. Was that, was we, that a Vancouver? As we know, a Vancouver 38 is a very conservative rig and a quite short mast. Mm. Whereas we've got a Bavaria 38 with a big rig. And we're not entirely sure how tall our mast is. We've just got what's written in the specs. Don't think we can turn around now. One minute to impact. You need to do a countdown. <laughs> Why do you slow down or something? Can't slow down, I'm fighting the tide. If he slows down, he'll, if he slows down, we'll get dragged back. Cool, we've got one last knot of tide. Here we go. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. Whoa. Don't want to be close. Wait, slow down. Oh, like you Oh, that's horrible, that. I, oh, I'm shaking. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, I guess we squeeze under that bridge then. Woohoo! Right. Live to tell another tale. We just scraped under it. Yeah, just scraped under it. Successfully popping out the other side of the bridge, we continued our track going northeast. Until the wind died. And the diesel guzzler sprang into gear. Get it? Into gear? The Chantiles are very dramatic looking and had been visible for the whole passage. They rise out of the sea to a height of 160 metres. Rounding the southern end of the main island, it was clear that the main anchorage was going to be in the shade. So we opted for the sunny option. And anchored in the lee of Eileen Moore. The cruise ship Hebridean Sky had similar ideas. And anchored with us in the sun. The ship's PA system bing-bonged. And we, along with the guests, were updated on the upcoming rib rides. We headed to shore for a spot of beachcombing. While the cruise ship guests whizzed around on the ribs, taking in the sights. As we approached a, the tiny pebbly beach, there was an ominous swarm of something in the air. Were these the infamous Scottish midges? No! no. They were puffins! There were thousands of them. More like hundreds of thousands. It was... Puffin-tastic! The air was alive with the avian activity. There was a constant stream of birds either heading to sea to fish. Or heading back to shore with a catch. Did we find anything else on the beach? Seals! Well, seals on the rocks. Back on the mothership, the fishing rods were in action. Because where there are birds and seals, there has to be fish. Lots of birds. Equals lots of fish. Our fishing success rate had been pretty limited. Until now. It was at this point that Conrad went from hunter to freedom fighter. 
and vowed never to eat fish and chips again. Conrad, do you want to tell us the tale of your conversion? So I caught a fish and didn't want to kill it and decided I'd like to throw it back in the water. Conrad, how long did the no fish and chips diet last? Until the next chip shop. I still like the chips. (laughs) You still eat fish anyway. In the evening, it was a full moon and a clear night. So the unpolluted skies gave us a spectacular view of the stars. Accompanied by a very strange and loud noise. It sounded like a werewolf. Was that our imagination because it was a full moon? Either way, we had never heard it before. Seals howled. It was just the oddest, eeriest sound. And we still wonder if it was anything to do with the full moon. The following day was deemed a day of rest. In slightly rolly but very settled conditions, it was hot, sunny, hammock lounging weather. Staying put and enjoying watching the wildlife weather. Watching wildlife from the hammocks weather. You get the idea. In the evening, the seals started howling again. Howling or singing? Well, whatever you call it, it was noisy. The next morning was foggy. A real piece super, Governor. There was obviously no mobile signal out here. And the VHF had been suspiciously quiet. We didn't have an up-to-date weather forecast. And the boats in the shady anchorage were leaving. Should we stay put or follow? Well, that is a story for another time. Okay, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, bad news first. <laughs> um, we're only halfway through this um, story of the summer adventure. Okay, what's the good news? The good news is we're halfway through the story of the summer adventure. <laughs> I see. It's a glass half full, glass half empty scenario, is it? Exactly. Yeah. On the Shant Islands... Couldn't you stay there? They're uninhabited, but there is a boffy. And if you book with the owner, who actually owns the islands, he encourages people to stay. Okay. And then you just have to um, organise a trip out there on one of the um, trip boats or fishing boat or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. That's quite a quirky thing. Yeah, I think they do 
graze the sheep on there so the sheep come on, on and off the island. Why are there sheep? Because they were so steep, those. Yeah, but I think they're over the other side. Because uh, okay. it's, um, it slopes down it slopes on the opposite side that we uh, we not see. They were like vertical see. where we were, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. But the wildlife was absolutely amazing. It was. We've never seen anything like that. But there, yeah, there's just so many puffins. They all look, look like insects. There's just so many of them. We love feedback. And this podcast is powered by feedback and your reviews. And the occasional ice cream. If you haven't given us a review before or liked our Facebook page, now is the time to step up and let us know your thoughts. If you have any questions, send an email or a posting on Facebook. All relevant links are on the website, happyafloat.com. We had a lovely email from Matthew, who is enjoying the podcast. Matthew writes that he has listened to every episode twice. Wow! Thanks, Matthew, and good luck with kickstarting your family's sailing adventures. If you would like to help us grow, spread the word. It's nice to share. And don't forget to follow and rate us in your favourite podcast app. If you do post a review somewhere, send us a message so we can track it down and mention you in the podcast. Happyafloat.com Next time aboard Happy Afloat. We arrive at Stornoway and it's decision time. Carry on north or turn back south. Until next time. Happy sailing!